Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast. And again, as promised, I brought you another separate interview from the explainer interview that I brought, or the explainer episode that I brought to you on Tuesday, given the absence of my trusted co-hosts. It's just me doing all the work this week. I've had to do it a little bit different. I've had, uh, I've had to improvise a little bit, but as promised, I've got the West Ham women's section this week and ahead of ahead of the Arsenal game at the weekend. And joining me this week is Nancy Gillen, who's the editor of Give Me Sport Women, um, also a colleague of mine as well at Snack Media and Give Me Sport. Nancy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about West Ham and Arsenal as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been an exciting, exciting season so far for both sides. Um, so let's start with Arsenal, Nancy. Um, superb starts to the season. Five wins from five in the WSL, scoring 19 and conceding just twice. Uh, new boss Jonas has been a bit of a revelation so far, hasn't he? Um, fashion Tottenham, fashion Man City. What have you made of, of Arsenal's starts to the season under Jonas? Yeah, it's been, well, it's been amazing. Um, I think a little bit surprising in that I didn't really expect Arsenal to do so well. Um, I was kind of thinking they'd be contending for the title, but not um, not having been so dominant and having beaten kind of Chelsea and City already. So, it, yeah, it's been a, a really, really good start and it's quite hard to see another team uh, beating them at the moment. So obviously that's quite a, a hard task for West Ham at the weekend. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal haven't won the league since 2019. Um, won it a record 15 times. Not won an FA Cup since 2016. Also a record 14 14 time winners. Is is this something that Jonas is under pressure, sort of under a bit of pressure to do in terms of delivering at least one trophy this season, given the, the illustrious history of, of Arsenal women so far? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, like you said, I think Arsenal women are just kind of 
associated with winning trophies. Um, I think there has been a bit of a lull. Like there was that league title um, a couple of years ago, but that was quite, um, you know, it wasn't like a consecutive one or successive. It was kind of, you know, a bit in the middle of a relatively trophyless period. Um, and I think when Joe Montemuro, the previous manager, was in charge, I think there was a general feeling among fans that he wasn't quite delivering in terms of the squad he had and, and the fact that, yeah, Arsenal were not quite getting the amount of trophies that they used to. Uh, so that I, it definitely, definitely is a pressure for Jonas to be getting some trophies. Um, and I think, I mean, he's definitely gone, he's on the right track for sure because it's looking good in the league and, um, you know, there's, still the League Cup, FA Cup, uh, even the Champions League to, to fight for. So yeah, I think it's going to, it's, yeah, it's looking very positive at the moment. In terms of the squad, um, pretty star-studded. You know, you've got the England stars like Jordan Nobbs, Beth Mead, Nikita Paris. But the obvious one that stands out to me, and I'm sure many other fans, is uh, Vivian Miyabima, who is just a goal machine. Um, I, was look- I was looking at a record earlier today and, is at 103 goals in 110 Arsenal appearances, um, 64 and 71 in the WSL alone. And a career record is 238 goals in 260 appearances in all competitions. Um, and just even scored 85 and 103 for the Netherlands. Um, yeah. Literally is a goal machine. Um, can she be stopped? And if she can, can you let us know so we can pass the message on to <laughs> Um, I think, I mean, yeah, she her record is ridiculous. And I think as well, when you consider her age, I think she's only 25. Um, it's, you know, she became like the Netherlands' all-time top scorer, I think men and women, something like that, at like the age of 21, 22. She's, yeah, astonishing. Um, I think it is possible to deal with her. Um, I think essentially by, I mean, some teams have done it. You just kind of, you know, put all your defenders on her and make sure she doesn't get much of the ball. And when that happens, sometimes she drops deep quite a lot and, um, you know, obviously isn't in those goal-scoring opportunities. But then I think the problem with the Arsenal squad now is, not the problem for me, but the problem for other teams, is that if you do that with Miedema, there's enough um, other attacking players in the team that will just capitalise on the fact that she's, you know, not in the position that she's meant to be. There's, you know, there's kind of too much attacking talent to deal with, which is what I think has happened for all the teams they've played so far. So, yeah, I think it is possible to deal with her alone, but then when she's backed up by so many other kind of amazing strikers and wingers and attacking midfielders, it's that's when it's defensive. Defences get really overwhelmed. Moving on to West Ham, um, Oli Harder has had a, had a tough start last season when he came in. Um, I think he only won one game all season. Well, ever since he took over, I think he took over sort of around about Christmas time, I think. Only won one game beyond that. Managed to stay up. Um, but this season started really, really well. I mean, there was a lot of upheaval in the summer in terms of in terms of players. But I'm beating him five games since the opening day of the season. It was 2-0 to Brighton. But since then, they've been unbeaten. One away at City, 2-0. Thrashed newly promoted Leicester, 4-0. Uh, They're sixth in the WSL at the moment. Um, what have you made of the progress under Roddy Harder, given what seemed to be quite a worrying some worrying signs last season since he since he arrived. Yeah, it's it's definitely been really positive. Um I think I expected uh West Ham to struggle a bit again this season. Um yeah, last last season they were, you know, in a in a relegation battle essentially. Um stayed up, but I wasn't quite sure how they'd managed to 
you know, go essentially improve themselves quickly enough to not be in a relegation battle again. But yeah, the the start to the season has been really positive. I think that that Man City win is the highlight, and I imagine that that has given them kind of a whole world of confidence. Um, I think at times it's it been a little bit erratic. Like I do think there'd be, I think it, it was the draw against both Villa and Birmingham, um, and then I think if you were looking at those fixtures on paper, they would be the ones where they'd be West Ham would be expecting to get three points, probably yeah. in comparison to the the matches against City where they wouldn't be. So it's almost like it's been a bit um, unpredictable, like dropping points with the teams they should be beating, beating, but then against the teams that they probably would have lost to last season, they're actually... Um, but there's definite, definite signs of improvement. Um, and I think, yeah, just maybe a little bit of consistency. Obviously, it's great to have an unbeaten run, but if they can be getting the consistency in terms of wins, um, I think that will... It's a really good foundation so far and they can definitely grow on that. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think that in both of those games that you referenced, I think there were late goals as well that we conceded that kind mm. of stopped it from being a hundred percent record. I think, um, well, since the since the Brighton defeat, but on, with those foundations that you that you mentioned, I mean, there was a bit of up, upheaval. Like I said, eleven players in, ten out during the during the summer, um, but four of those new signings have all found themselves on the on the on the score sheet so far. Claude, uh, Claudia Wilker, Tamika Yallop, Yui Hesagawa and Lucy Parker all hitting the ground running kind of since they joined the club in the summer. Which which players have you have you seen at West Ham and sort of gone, yeah, you know, they, they look like they're gonna be really, really strong signings for the club. Yeah, I, I think uh, Claudia Walker, who you mentioned there, definitely she's definitely been um probably the most impressive player I think so far. Uh, I think that's a really smart signing. I think especially uh, coming from Birmingham, where again, kind of a team that struggles normally to to kind of get up the table, um, and she has quite a lot of WSL experience as well with Everton and Liverpool. So I think she's been, she seems to have kind of found a team that where she can really thrive, um, and she seems to be doing well. Um, Hasegawa as well, another. I think it's it, having those players with that international experience as well. So Adriana Leon as well. Um, mm. I think both of both of those two players have been really good, and obviously just have that that kind of pedigree. That's you know they play for their international team, and Leon you know won a an Olympic gold medal over the summer. So you've got that kind of winning mentality now as well in the team. So those those two players as well have been um, yeah really impressed me. So I think there's quite a strong core now of of those players that are kind of like raising raising the standards of of the other players as well. Do you think with that business and given, as you mentioned, the international experience that they've got now got the winning mentality that Oli Harder's kind of instilling into the team with those additions to the teams, what, what do you think the team's capable of moving forward? Do you think, c- can they keep the current run up? Can they can they realistically hope for a top, uh, top half finish this season? Or do you think that it's probably going to take a couple more windows and maybe one or two more seasons before they can start competing at the right end of the table? I think they, um, well, th- I mean, this season is really interesting because it's been a bit unexpected. Say, for instance, Spurs, I wasn't expecting Spurs to do well, uh, as well as they are. Um, I think there's a number of teams that you look at and you think West Ham should definitely this season be finishing above, I'd say, like Birmingham, Leicester, Aston Villa. Spurs, if they don't maintain this run, but it's hard to know whether these runs are forms that, that teams like Spurs are in, whether they're going to maintain them. 
Um, again, Reading as well, I think, is a team that West Ham can finish above. So I think if they're looking at the season, they should be aiming for the top half of the table. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, I mean, it's quite hard when you've got those, you know, City, Arsenal, Chelsea. Quite, That's quite very ambitious to say we're going to be, you know, contending with those three and going for Champions League places. And when, especially when underneath that, you've got Everton and Man U. But I think if, if West Ham kind of have a really solid season this season, finish, you know, towards the top half, um, maybe in the middle somewhere, and then next season, again, with another summer of, of good recruitment, you could be start starting to think about really challenging Everton, Man U for those kind of positions and, and then see where see where you go from there. We've asked quite a few guests um, on this segment in the past about the TV deal. Um, and when we were looking at it previously when it was initially announced, because this is the first year with with the deal in place, isn't it? And we were we were looking at it going, well, perhaps this is an opportunity for clubs like West Ham and, and other clubs in and around them in the WSL that don't have a great amount of investment um, to potentially start competing a little bit closer to, to, to the bigger clubs. Would you agree with that? Do you think it, it has opened it up a little bit more for some of those clubs like West Ham to, to perhaps be a little bit more competitive? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it has put kind of more money into the women's game as a whole. So I think it is, yeah, like you said, said if, they, if a team like West Ham don't get as much funding from the main club as, you know, City or Chelsea, it's kind of another source of revenue. I suppose it could have the... the other side of it could be that as women's football becomes more of like a product or something that is actually you know making teams money um quite like a profitable area that might encourage clubs like City and Chelsea to invest more in the mm-hmm. teams and then maybe there might be a bigger gap but then as well maybe West Ham will look at, at women's team and be like actually you know there's this big kind of area where which is showing real profit and growth so we're, we're invest more in as well so I think there's there's a lot of different ways it could go. I think it could be beneficial to the teams that don't get as much funding, but at the same time, it could maybe even inc- increase the gap between those teams that are pouring loads of money into it and the teams that are kind of not as much. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a little bit of hope at West Ham that with the current takeover, well, current takeover talks and rumours sort of surrounding the club at the moment, that whoever does come in will be willing to, to throw you know throw more money at the women's side of it because um you know they've already shown particularly at the beginning of this season that they can compete at a good level and um with the T V deal as well. Um I think there's certainly a belief there that it would be beneficial for the club to 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 invest more uh, and fund it more um, and be a lot more competitive. But let's look ahead to, to Sunday's game. Um, at Meadow Park, Bournemouth. It's literally five minutes down the road from me and I'm not going to be able to go because West Ham are home to Liverpool. Um, <laughs> I'm gutted because I was looking at this game going, I'm definitely going to go to that. But 6.45 kickoff at Meadow Park in Bournemouth, Arsenal v West Ham, Sunday the 7th of November. How do you see this one going, Nancy? Do, um, do you only see an Arsenal win like many will be predicting or do you think West Ham might be, might be well-placed for an upset? I think, I mean, it's really, really hard. As I said earlier, it's hard to see any team beat, beating Arsenal at this point. But I think it is it is possible. I suppose you can look at the fact that maybe West Ham's players have had a bit more of a break. Um, Arsenal were playing last weekend in the FA Cup semi-final, while West Ham weren't. Um, 
there's probably, I think if you looked at it, there's probably more Arsenal players that went on international duty compared to players at West Ham. So, you know, maybe they'd be more rested and in that sense, maybe kind of, maybe then they're edge Arsenal if, if some of the Arsenal players have tired legs. Um, but it is quite hard to see West Ham getting a result from this. I think, like I was saying, you know, the Arsenal attack is just so kind of overwhelming and it never stops. Like you've got, you, there's been so many matches where it's got to like 80 minutes and Arsenal winning 3-0 and then two, like Tobin Heath, like, you know, two-time World Cup winner will come on. It's just kind of relentless. Um, so I think for West Ham, if, if they do want to get something out of it, they're just going to have to be defensively 100%, like completely solid, no mistakes. Concentration has got to be kind of constant. No lapses in concentration, otherwise that's when Arsenal will punish them. Um, and and then hopefully just if they do get a chance, be really, really clinical with it. So it's essentially kind of asking West Ham to have a perfect game in defensively and if they get a shot on goal, converting that, um, which is obviously a tough, tough ask of any team. Um, and yeah, if they don't do that, then I can't I can't see much else apart from a, an Arsenal win, really. But this season has been very unexpected. So you never yeah. know like i would i wouldn't want to say that's that's definitely the way i think it's going to go but it's i think it's quite likely yeah yeah i mean it seems like a, a tough task ahead for Oli Harder's team let's let's have a prediction score prediction from you um i'm going to say i'll say I'll, i think west ham could score potentially i'm going to say 3-1 to arsenal i think i think that um that'd be quite i think they'd be quite happy with that yeah, from, I think from a, from a goal difference point of view as well. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna remain positive. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a draw. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two two. Um, I love predicting two two. Do it all the time. Um, I'm <laughs> sure. So I'm gonna go two two. I think a really good start to the season. And and um, as you you quite rightly said, they've had a little bit more of a break. They're a little bit more fresher. Um, yeah. So yeah, and they've they've beaten City as well, so they do have that already in the bag. So exactly, they do it again. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to back them two two. That'd be a good point away from home. Well, Nancy, thanks for coming on um, for the first time on the We Are West Ham podcast. Um, I suppose it'd be a good good opportunity before before we let you go to let our listeners know a little bit more about Give Me Sport Women and the work you do over there. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, been going for about six seven months now. Um, and yeah, we're essentially just aiming for it to become the home of women's sport. Um, obviously, cover football, that is the most popular sport um, in the country. So the WSL and a bit of championship as well. So kind of we do a bit of, you know, analysis, um, the five best players from the weekend, um, kind of looking at some of the off pitch issues as well. But then if anyone's interested in any, any other sport, we, we cover, you know, tennis, combat sports. A bit of athletics, a bit of everything. So, yeah, if you want to kind of be more informed of women's football or women's sport as a whole, then, yeah, Give Me Sport Women is, is the place to go. I will vouch for that. Um, I, suppose I, have, <laughs> I suppose I have to, but um, 100%, I think the work, the work you and the team are doing over there have been fantastic, and I would definitely urge our listeners who are interested in women's sport, want to want to keep up to date with it, want to learn a little bit more about what's going on in in the world of women's sport, then definitely make sure you visit gimmesport.com forward slash women, women's hyphen sport. Um, and yeah, there's plenty of content there for to keep up to date with everything going on. But Nancy, th- thanks again for for joining us, uh, joining us this week. And um, hopefully we'll get you on later on in the season. 
then the return leg is even before that just to talk about West Ham, you know, West Ham women in general. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. Great stuff. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, as you already know, it's been a bit of a been a bit of a, a topsy turvy week for the for the We Are West Ham podcast, but we will be back next week, I promise, with a with a proper usual episode that everyone's used to. Um, as always, you can catch us on Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. Make sure you visit the YouTube channel. Just search for We Are West Ham podcast on there. We're on Facebook as well. Do the same. Search for We Are West Ham podcast. That's that's it from me this week. I hope you haven't been too bored with my voice. And um, back to normal next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.